When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to Wood Talk Online Radio, for woodworkers by woodworkers. Now here are three guys that are actually under the illusion that woodworking is cool. Mark, Matt and Shannon. It's episode 93 for March 15th, 2012. On today's show, we've got a bunch of links and essentially a expanded around the web portion of the show. And we'll let you know about a bunch of things you might want to pay attention to going on in the blogosphere and all over the internet. But before we get to all that good stuff, Matt, can you tell them how they can get in touch with us? Absolutely. As always, there's a few different ways that you can get a hold of us if you need to. Uh, if you want to leave us a comment, a question, or suggestion about something you've heard in today's show or maybe something you'd like to hear on an upcoming episode, you can email us at woodtalkonline at gmail.com or you can leave us a voicemail at 623-242-5180. You can Skype us at woodtalkonline or you can check out our individual sites at matsbasementworkshop.com and um, you know, if you can find those other guys on the internet um, or excuse me, thewoodwhisperer.com and renaissancewoodworker.com, and especially stop on over at the forum at woodtalkonline.com where you'll find just a ton of great information and probably one or all three of us hanging out over there someplace causing all sorts of trouble. And I just want to say that all of you should be very thankful that I didn't have my Ron Burgundy moment just now and read the beginning of this intro because <laughs> I almost let oh, it slide. <laughs> yeah, put anything in the show notes and Matt will read it. <laughs> it was you know, speaking of getting in trouble, there, there's a bouncer now over at Woodwhisper dot com so if you don't behave you get blacklisted and kicked out of there it doesn't take much these days i can tell you that much yeah i i just thought it was like the proxy server at work telling me to get back to work but <laughs> I, I logged into the wood whisperer i was like but i know that guy yeah and so, suddenly thousands of armchair woodworkers are more productive at work this week <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it would be interesting to find out a survey if it's possible to find out how many people actually are getting that much more done. They're like, I, well, I, place I go to all the time, I can't do anything, so I might as well work. You know, I just had a weird thing happen, totally off the, the subject here. I When Matt had said that you can find those other guys on the internet, I was going to make a joke about, well, just search for sexy woodworker and you'd find me. And then I figured, let me just see what happens when you Google sexy woodworker. Oh, well, I, well, nothing really. I can tell you that I'm not on the list. Um, it's not even on the front page or the second page now that I think about it, but, um, it, there's really nothing there. So I'm going to start adding that, that keyword to my website, just in case anyone is ever looking for <laughs> it. Uh, I would you like to be, be found to rank for it pretty quickly. <laughs> <laughs> I would like to be found when someone wants a sexy woodworker. Well, I know uh, earlier today on Twitter, there was the whole discussion about the nudist woodworking movement, especially <laughs> asking about how the, you, know, you can tell if they're sharpening anything. Yeah, well, I mean, that's I, I started off by saying that I'm I'm naked under these clothes. That's that's just how I roll. So what are you going to do? <laughs> that's all you need to get this group started. <laughs> all right, let's jump into what's on the workbench. Um, I'll go first this week. I am finishing up the Rubo. It seems like when you're at this point in the project, there's just a, a thousand little details, like adding little leather pieces here and there. Um, so little stuff like that. I'm going to put some finish on it and then hopefully be able to use it for the first time, which is a nice treat. Uh, I also have 
it seems like every couple of months I accumulate review products that have been sent and, and I kind of start to feel bad that I haven't actually mentioned them or, or reviewed them or talked about them. Um, so I have uh, things that you could expect to come out pretty soon on the website are uh, just, again, I don't really do reviews. I don't like them, I don't, I, but I don't know what else to call them. You know, It's just like I'm, I'm going to show you this tool, a little introduction or a, a quick look. Um, so one of them is the Domino XL which I showed to guild members in our live meeting last night, which is the bomb. It's basically like the little domino maker, but it makes bigger ones, like pretty massive ones. (laughs) So um, frankly, when you think about how this machine works, it's kind of amazing that you can actually uh, get the depth and and the actual size of those dominoes in place. It's pretty cool. Uh, The other thing is the Clearview CV06 is a little dust chip collector, the one that you would put between your shop vac and the tool. Uh, mm-hmm. a, a nice little separator like that. So I'm, I'm going to take a look at that and comparing that to the, uh, what is this? Oneida's dust deputy and, okay. and Rockler's um, dust vortex, dust, right? Some, something like that. I forget what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, but the three of them are, are kind of comparable. Um, the, the clear view is a little bit more expensive, uh, but I want to compare the the three and I'm not going to be doing like, you know, I'm not going to get a, a particulate air tester, you know, to see how much gets in me. I just want to see as a regular user, can I even tell a difference between these three units? Or are they all equally as effective at, at doing what they do? So thank goodness. Yeah. You know, so that's what reviews should be. <laughs> well, I mean, really, when you get down to the, I don't know, I guess you have to try to apply, especially if you're, you know, a big outfit, a magazine or something, you have to try to apply some sort of scientific method to your reviews just to be, um, I guess sure. maybe that's what people expect. Um, but the, the whole thing, like, I don't know, test where they're, I've tied a five pound, uh, dumbbell to the, to this cord that's pulling it through at a consistent, even rate. And I'm just like, sometimes these things get a little bit, you know, <laughs> realistically, I just want to know how is it going to impact me? And will I notice a difference between that and this other thing? So, so that's, what's coming up, uh, on the, on the free website. And uh, the guild is almost, well, we're about three quarters of the way through the video portion of the, the Rubo build. Uh, and it is, it's moving along at a nice clip. This is actually probably my favorite guild build so far that we've done. <laughs> well, it's cool. definitely the yeah. one that it's, it's pretty huge. I mean, this is definitely the biggest one that you, you have done. And it's the one that I've actually followed along uh, step by step. I just want to put that out there. It's, a, um, it's <laughs> the one that I'm actually watching because uh, <laughs> I don't normally do that. Yeah, um, as it was coming out, I was trying to think, <laughs> wow, this is really not how I want this to come out. But unfortunately, yeah, this is, this is the other ones I kind of like, oh, well, maybe I'll skip ahead to this one and then I'll skip over here. Sure, and, sure. You know, well, yeah, it's a lot of detail. There's a lot of crap in there, but um, well, not crap, a lot of stuff. <laughs> Don't watch my stuff. It's crap. <laughs> well, you know, does it surprise you guys uh, like that a, that a workbench would be the most popular thing that I've done. And I'm sure if you guys covered a workbench and Shannon, you did. I was going to say, no, not at all. <laughs> um, you could compare this to other videos in terms of how, how many people viewed them. Do you find that something like a workbench just kind of trumps everything else that you could possibly build in terms of viewership? Absolutely. What's it's up with that? the top five uh, pages viewed on my site for the last two years. Why that? Why do you think that is? People love benches. I don't know. It's, okay. Seems I mean, like we can't get enough. Or or the fact that when you think about a, a workshop, I mean, the bench is one of the things that just pops right into your mind. I mean, sure, there's the table saw. Sure, there's, you know, specific tools or something. But the workbench is like it's the hearthstone of the workshop. You know, it, it's it's the kitchen. It's where everybody gathers. So it's kind you know, of, you know, I think everybody builds one. You know, mm-hmm. you, you can you could build a, a table in a certain style and two-thirds of your audience to say, that's not my style. I'm not going to watch that. Right. But everyone wants a workbench. Everyone needs a workbench. So I guess they all build one. And it definitely goes through phases. You know, it'll start to fall off, and then it resurges again. And it's right. it's nuts. You well, know, see, I'll, I'll put out a new video, and it'll get 500 views in the first couple of hours. You know, and that that surpasses my Rubo page for like a day and then Rubo climbs back above it again. It's unbelievable how much traffic workbenches drive. Well, see, and when I picked this, it was more of, um, you know, greedy reason, you know, it was, it was because I really wanted this workbench. This was not right. by any means a strategic decision to be like, you know, I think it's a prime time to, to build a workbench and, and people are going to be interested, but because I'm probably the last one to even utter the name Rubo and mention it on my website in terms of like <laughs> the general you know blogosphere and what people are talking about. 
Obviously, Schwarz has, uh, you know, talked about it probably more than anybody else. Um, you did your build. There's plenty of other people out there who have documented their builds. I did not anticipate the reaction that I got at all. I just didn't. I figured this topic had been covered, but now it's just my turn to talk about it. Um, right. And then I was I was really floored by the response. Um, we actually had. I don't think there's any reason why I can't mention this number, but um, the the build is incorporating the benchcrafted hardware, and obviously that stuff is not cheap. It's like the kit is like 800 bucks uh, to get both the leg vice hardware and the the, the tail vice, and we are kind of keeping track of how many sales are, are there because there's a little bonus that they get by buying it. So there have been at least, according to the last count, 135 people have purchased this kit. Now that's not how many people are necessarily going to build. Those are that's how many people have the intention of building the bench at some point. Exactly. You know, so that's, I was just like, are you kidding me? That is amazing. <laughs> I mean, I, in some regards, 135 people is not that much, but when you're talking about this sort of niche, very, very specific set of hardware for a very specific purpose, um, I was pretty amazed by that. Well, Seriously. It, and, and when you're talking about a small family run business, a little boutique business, that yeah. is a big deal. So that's <laughs> right. awesome for Benchcrafted. Yeah, I think well, you know, go ahead. And, and, and I was going to say just and also thinking about the fact that just because, you know, there's a, a bench build going on, there's always the other, the other options for vice hardware, too. Yeah. So the fact that there, you know, this this many people are going this specific route that that does say quite a bit. Yeah. So yeah. kind of interesting workbenches. People people dig them. So Absolutely. they're not just for setting your tools on anymore. Oh, wait, no, they are setting my butt on anymore <laughs> all right matt how about you what's uh going on in the shop over there in michigan well, well over here in michigan apparently my wife's good friend jen uh decided to put her foot through a closet door and so now it's in my shop to get fixed intentionally so. or accidentally I think it was broken a long time ago and she just more or less was like one of those i'm gonna take care of this it's spring and i'm feeling frisky or something and like so, a, a solid wood door how big no is this actually one? it's one of those uh like a louver door it's a closet door oh, okay oh, yeah. oh, oh, oh. i'm yeah, thinking like she, that big a hollow core door i'm like how are you gonna fix that <laughs> in that right. case i'm gonna be, i'm gonna take some of this veneer and i'm gonna patch it no but what i, I ended up doing is she kind of came to me it was like one of those last minute things i think she originally she makes it out like she came to me first which i like to believe that because she's really nice to me but i i know the real truth is she went someplace and discovered that she can't find a door that's like this so it's like <laughs> oh i know this guy he's got some tools and so she she came to me with the door and then uh some uh, uh wood that she found just you know that basic like rectangular trim the really thin stuff that you get up at the home center mm-hmm Right. Well, she showed up here with that, and so I, I'm, I've been working on that right now, and it's so funny because it's like one of those, yeah, fine, let's see what we can do with this, and the neat thing is I, I have these like little um, little roundover, like the cornering tools that, you know, I know Veritas sells them. In fact, that's where I ended up getting one of them. There's like, have you ever seen those little slick planes? I think that's the actual name of it, where it has the little, you can get the roundover or you can get a chamfer. And it just kind of slides along like a plane mm-hmm. and uh-huh. it, it, you know, it does a little detail. Well, I've never really had a need for one of those because I usually do all my rounding over with my either my block plane or a router or something like that. You know, the typical ways. So I ended up grabbing that. But more or less, this is like one of those most of the time most of us get into woodworking because we started with stuff like putting up trim around the house, fixing right. things here and there. And so it's almost like this return to my roots as I'm trying to fix this broken closet door. And it's like, uh, it's not too bad. It's pretty tricky because of the fact that you got to kind of bend the slot, the slats just the right way to try to get them to fit in. Mm. And my way of getting around that is I simply cut out the one side so, so mm-hmm. that I only have one one side to fit it into. And now I'm going to come back in and just kind of patch them in. So it won't be the prettiest thing because, uh, well, the door is kind of old and it's kind of rotted a little bit. So there's going to have to be a little work on that. But that's my big thing that I'm doing is it's like, yay, spring cleaning, broken closet door, <laughs> throw it on the workbench. Let's get at it. No, <laughs> and if you think about it, the only time anybody's going to see that backside is when they're hiding in the closet and mm-hmm. Michael Myers is trying to get in there with a butcher knife (laughs) and generally you're focused on that than the patch on the back of the door nice yeah yeah so so there is that and then the other thing i have going on is um i i have a hawk smoother kit that i have finally pretty much wrapped up it's all built it's it's working fine i just need to shape it and it seems to be the shaping part 
is the hardest thing when it comes to a kit like this because it's like, you know, do I want to do something like I did with the shoulder plane kit where, you know, I really kind of gave it an odd shape and I played with it this way? Or do I want to go more like a traditional kind of a shape? Do I want to pretend like it's a, a meek plane and just, you know, uh, go with, with that direction? Mm. So that's one of those things that right now it's it, it's all ready to go. It's just a matter of, like I said, shaping it. And, you know, it, it's one of those things uh, I think – Let's see. Morton had one up not too long ago where he built the Hawk smoother, and it's a it's a really neat kit for, or excuse me, a, a neat plane for the for the kit. I mean, it's just like one of those comes with everything, and it goes together really super simple. Um, I ended up actually completing this one in a weekend on like the breeze plane. So <laughs> I was going to say, you know, based on your track record, Matt, you've got at least three more months to decide what shape you want that to be in. Pace yourself, Matt. Come on. <laughs> I know this one. I was like, just, I am really going to do this. One. It's going to be a live build. <laughs> nice. So, but that, that's pretty much what's happening here in the basement workshop. Since this weather has been so amazingly nice, I'm at that point now where I'm like, a month, two months ahead of where I need to start doing yard work. And so I keep putting it off, but I'm having a feeling this weekend, I'm not going to get my shop time because I'm going to be out mowing grass or something. Mm. Um, mm. You know, we should mention also that is on what is his website? It's hawktools.com. Yep. Where you can get those kits. Uh, Ron Hawk, he's a good guy. And if yep. you're interested, definitely go there and check it out. Yep, and you can also see him build it. He has great videos up there. He doesn't give himself much credit on uh, putting these things together, but he'll show you how easy it is, and he's amazing for questions, too. If you ever have questions, just you know, drop him an email, and chances are Ron himself will actually get a hold of you. Yeah, guy knows his stuff, that's for sure. Sure. Cool. Shannon, how about you, sir? Well, speaking of taking forever to do projects, um, I finally applied finish to my little Queen Anne table. Ah, from t- the March Wood Whisperer Guild yeah, build we talked in 2010. Jeez. Wow. <laughs> but if you remember, that was one of my resolutions on our New Year's Wood Talk Online. So I went ahead and did it. Attaboy. And I actually dropped it off. It's being uh, um, auctioned off this Saturday at a, a charity auction for my church. So I, I dropped it off, said goodbye. It was kind of hard to part with it, especially when I saw how much <laughs> curl popped out of the walnut when I put all that finish on. Yeah. So, oh, well. Well, hopefully but, it fetches a, a good price. Yeah. And uh, I, uh, let's see, I actually am doing a workbench of sorts in the hand tool school right now, but I already built it a long time ago. Which, By the way, I highly recommend uh, releasing videos after you've already built something. It makes <laughs> the stress much less. <laughs> it's like all you got to do is edit stuff together, occasionally fill in a little talking head clip, you know, and that's about it. So. Yeah, that's, it's like you're speaking a foreign language to me right now. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> Craziness. But what that's left me free to do while I'm publishing that is I've actually just gotten started on a small shaker clock, which is our next project. Cool. And God forbid a project that is has nothing to do with the hand tool school or the Renaissance woodworker, although I'll probably end up publishing something. But uh, um, my wife needs a little small table for the bedroom. And there was a piece that jumped out of that uh, Southern Furniture book that uh, Bob Lang and Glenn Huey did. And it just spoke to me and I started building it just this past weekend. Just a little thing out of walnut, hmm. one drawer, one, uh, uh, well, the top and then a drawer below it. And uh, I don't know. It's going to be kind of cool to do. It's just a very simple project, but nice, clean lines. And it's kind of fun to do something like that that I don't have to worry about necessarily. You know, I'm filming parts of it, but it doesn't have to make sense. (laughs) I just have to build it. So it's kind of fun. Well, what material are you going to use for that? I mean, maybe this is an opportunity to revisit some of that, you know, or the walnut or something similar to the walnut that you're having a hard time parting with or that you have parted with, but now you're thinking about breaking back into the church, pull it back out, and pretending like somebody broke in. <laughs> what happened? Where'd that go? <laughs> well, I am uh, way heady on that because that's exactly <laughs> the stock I'm using. Nice. I, you know, you always, I always buy a little bit extra anyway. I mean, this tells you how long ago. I bought the stock for that as now I work for a lumber yard and I actually bought this stock from Hearn Hardwood like two and a half years ago. Oh, you're not having that moment where you're like, oh my God, I so overpaid. Those guys robbed me. <laughs> well, yeah, but yeah. I'm going to comment on that one. But yes, basically it, it's, it's really, really nice walnut. It's got a little bit of curl in it and I'm having fun kind of picking you know, which, where the legs go, what the drawer is and all that. So it's going to be a lot of fun. Very cool. Sounds good. 
there's something about like right now that that is actually once I, I finish up um, the, the broken door um, and then I finish up the, the hock smoother, uh, I'm going to be doing some uh, side tables for our bedroom also. That's maybe that's like a, a theme this year with, mm. with, uh, with the wives because it's like Sam sent me some pictures and she's like, I really want something like this. And I'm like, OK, and you mean this year? Or when is it, when is that going to be coming up? And it, sure enough, it is this year. So uh, I am going to be, in fact, this weekend we were out with friends and we had a few people come up and they're like, Hey, I hear like you do woodworking or something. I'm like, eh, a little something like that. Yeah. And uh, they're like, well, we're thinking about having some pieces built. And I'm like, I have to tell you right now, don't even think about it with me because I have been put off limits on being able to take commissions or anything like that because I haven't really built something for the Vanderlust household, except for that cherry <laughs> frame, the mirror frame, uh, in a very long time, so it's either do this or there's a good chance I'll be building my own furniture in my bachelor pad. <laughs> in your new apartment. <laughs> exactly. So <laughs> got to get my priorities straight, I'm told. <laughs> nice. Nice. Very cool. Well, you know, there is something, as much as I try to, you know, you add a little twist or add a challenge to everything, there's something to be said sometimes about just building something. And, you know, it's nothing new, nothing terribly stress stretching anything, just going out and building a piece, you know, and I, right. I think that's, um, as a hobbyist, we always tend to try to push the boundaries every time we build something. And, um, you know, sometimes kind of nice to just build something. Uh, it totally uh, is. It, it kind of just reminds you. Of, you up, you know? Yeah, absolutely. It reminds you of like, um, the new Yankee workshop, for instance. I mean, there were some shows where he was clearly pushing his limits, especially in the later seasons with like the, the high boy and things that he did. But, um, when he would do a project, it's like, you know, they're not really trying to, to, to do anything new necessarily. We're going to go find this old little table. I'm going to try to replicate it and uh, just build this beautiful little woodworking project, you know? So yeah. it's not really groundbreaking, um, but it's clearly very satisfying to build something like that. Right. Well, you know, and the, the one nice thing, of course, the pretty obvious thing is that when you have to consult with the person that you're building, it, they're much closer. So you can answer a lot faster, um, <laughs> you know, and, and you kind of go from there. One, th one thing that made me just think also is uh, I don't know if any of you read uh, Chris Schwartz's blog that he just put up this past week over at the Lost Art Press. And he was kind of talking about like, was it something to do with mistakes and oh man, I can't remember exactly what it was. But there was like the one thing I know that kind of came up a comment about, um, you know, not so much – what was that? It was, uh, oh, learning how to hide your mistakes because he was talking about putting in like you know a little a, a little Dutch piece in there to kind of hide it. And it just made me – I left a comment. I, I had no choice, but it was like one of those the, – the biggest thing I've learned when it comes to hiding my mistakes is just simply stop pointing them out to my wife because <laughs> <laughs> nothing is worse than when you build a piece and the first thing she does is like start pointing every single thing out or actually any family member. It's not just Samantha anymore. It's, it's other family members because I can't keep my mouth shut about my bad mistakes. So when they start pointing them out so readily, then it's like one of those I've got to start you know, doing something else. I need to distract them. Yeah. Well, the problem is you've trained them and I, I've done this with, <laughs> with Nicole as well. Just talking about this stuff all the time. She's the first one to pick out a problem or an error yes. or a flaw, or we're looking at a commercial piece of furniture or something. And she'll be the first one to go, you know, I think this is plywood. You know, it's like, wow, <laughs> osmosis. It really works. You know, <laughs> yeah. I'm so proud of you. <laughs> yeah. And then it works <laughs> against me when I bring something in and she's like, really? That's that. That's your best spagnola. Is that what? You <laughs> Get back yes. out there. Don't come back in until you do it right. Exactly. All right. Yeah. Uh, let's jump into the around the web portion, and we've got a lot of a lot of things here. In fact, you guys populated quite a few of the the links there. I only have one one measly little link, so I'll let I'll let you guys jump in. I don't know who put one in there, but have at it. All right. Well, I'll roll with it since I'm got my stuff here first on the list, but the um. I've been checking this guy out a little bit recently. He's been uh, blogged about a couple of places. He's got some uh, um, print material, kind of a print coursework, and he's also got a school over in the United Kingdom, and he's just brought it to the U or to the U.S. in New York, and that's Paul Sellers. He runs the uh, New Legacy School of Woodworking, um, woodworkingschool.co.uk, and I can't remember exactly where it is in New York. I want to say it's inland somewhere mm -hmm. you know it's not new york city and i'm pretty sure it's not long island but uh he's got this beautiful old barn this timber frame barn it's just mm -hmm. like it kind of reminds me of lee nielsen's classroom just this you know inspiring place to work mm -hmm. and all these benches and just sunlight streaming in everywhere he's actually got a youtube video of that but he's got all kinds of really short clips and i mean this is a guy that's been woodworking for you know at least 30 years 
And, you know, it's kind of like when you watch Charles Neal and you're like, why did I not think of doing it that way? You know, it's just like the stupidest, <laughs> simple way yeah, no brainer. to do something, you know, and there's just a couple of really cool clips out there. So, um, and he keeps putting out more and more. He's definitely making a move on YouTube. So that's exciting to see. Um, and then I can't remember when I first came across this, but then I, I think I saw it pop up in the fine woodworking stream a couple of days later. And it's the, uh, the Duchette or Duchette and Wolf um, furniture company. And they have just a boatload of videos on YouTube. I can't believe I never found them before. Mm -hmm. And they're not really, you know, they're basically just music and a bunch of either still images or some video, but their furniture is just outstanding. It's beautiful, beautiful stuff. And they really walk you through the whole thing. And it's kind of interesting uh, because I want to say that uh, I think Woodchat got into this a little bit last night. The idea of as a professional furniture maker, you know, blogging, but make sure you're not blogging for the woodworkers, but blogging for people who actually buy your furniture. Sure. And you can see that's kind of the bent they're taking. I mean, certainly the woodworkers are out there eating up that that content, but there's a real kind of focus on look at look at what we do, look at all the stuff we do to make this beautiful furniture, and it's kind of a neat perspective. So I, I really like that. And I mean, it's all, for the most part, it's all um, 18th century period stuff. There's some arts and crafts and some shaker or whatever they have a, you know, a commission for. So that's, that's pretty sweet. Very cool. And then, you know, the last thing I'll say is we, we did, I can't remember if we talked about this on the last show or not. I know we talked about fine woodworking live the show, but now fine woodworking has jumped back into the podcasting. They had a feed for a while there um, on iTunes and it kind of faded out but they're going to make another shot at it doing an audio show. So Fine Woodworking Shop Talk Live is now in iTunes. So go check out their first episode. I have subscribed. I have listened. As have I. I have not listened yet because I actually watched the live one. I should have been working, I admit. should have been working. (laughs) But I sell wood and fine wood workings in the title. I figured I could get away with it. It's appropriate. Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I tried to to go and watch it online. But for me, just with my workflow and everything, if it's not in iTunes, I have a really hard time actually getting an opportunity to listen to anything. So um, I'm glad glad to find it there. Do do either of you know, we kind of talked about this before we started, but have you heard anything or know anything about them possibly – uh, putting the video version into iTunes as opposed to just this audio. Yeah, I, I haven't heard no. anything. I know there was just the, the discussion about getting the uh, the RSS feed up for the for the, the audio portion. It, I think it'd be a great idea if they would do it. I mean, I I know that in the uh, uh, the actual show itself, or as you know, Shannon, as, as you saw in there with the, you know, they did did they do actual demonstrations? Because I only listened to the audio portion. But I, no, I mean, not really. They pretty much just sat behind the bench. I mean, they may in the future, but I, I, I did hear a few re- like references when they were talking specifically about tool stuff. Um, right. I don't, I, like I said, I, I just kind of skimmed through it and listened to the entire, yeah, they, they had like a, my favorite tool and they had it there yeah. on the bench. So I, I actually do want to listen to it because I'm curious to see how it translates without the video. I just um, think when, yeah. when the camera is there and you do have that live audience, you are almost always going to naturally, do things that will make it a little bit difficult when someone is just listening to it. Just because, I mean, and and we're in this situation where we, no one can see us. We know the only thing we have here is our voice. So we naturally will not do anything uh, visual. (laughs) I mean, right now I'm, you know, I'm not wearing any clothes and uh, you know, right. Right now, I'm I'm cooking bacon while naked. Also, <laughs> exactly. So, so that's just how Mark, we do the show. <laughs> Mark, did you forget that your video camera is actually on? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Actually, uh, we know what I put on while we're on a picture of the three of us and our our logo, <laughs> just <laughs> just so that there's something there, even though it's just audio. That's um, you know, if they've got the video running, wouldn't you think that just from a production perspective, it's actually more work to to, like to do the video, rip the audio out, and it, I mean, I guess if they're recording an audio, it's not really a big deal, but yeah, um, it just depends. It depends because uh, if, if you're just going with like a webcam live setup and then maybe you just capture the audio or strip the audio right. out later, um, that might be easier. I know when I do a live presentation that needs to be filmed, the way things are these days, you've got to kind of have a webcam and then you need to have your actual, you know, yeah. recorder, the actual video camera to take mm-hmm. a good quality version that is then in a format that iTunes will even accept. So yeah. I, I could see there's challenges on both ends of it. So, I, I mean, it takes a while to work out those details, but I hope that they do start to do that uh, just because you got to remember those live things, you know, the, 
quality of the actual live thing is always low because of, of bandwidth restrictions and stuff. So it'd be great if they had a high quality recorded version of it that people can go back and either watch later or watch in a, an iTunes feed or something like that. Yeah, I mean, to, to strip the video, I mean, the, the audio out, I mean, I, I do it all the time and I just throw it in like, well, if I'm using the Mac, I just throw it into GarageBand and just pull it right out, That's true. you know, and then, um, and, and then there's so many, you know, cheap converters out there that you can just throw it right in and it'll, it'll switch right over to an MP3 or something. Yeah. So, you know, that, well, that's I got to tell cool. you, since I did watch the video, the quality was excellent. Okay. So, um, oh, for I mean, the live stream. Yeah. I even commented in their Facebook feed. I don't know if anybody responded yet because I was curious what they were using. I ended up doing some little view source trickery to find out they're using Brightcove, <laughs> but it was really, um, I was really impressed. Considering I use Ustream blah, now, you know, and you have to record it with something else because Ustream, you know, forget about the interrupting commercials. Just <laughs> yeah. Quality. yeah, well, Terrible. free service versus uh, a paid yeah, right. service, you're probably going to see. dollars a month, right. <laughs> yeah, it's going to see a difference, I hope. You know, I'm, trust me, I'm not complaining. I still get it for free. But, you know, I that was my first thought was, wow, look at the quality of this video. So, you know, in some respects, like they kind of need to take advantage of that. Um, if they can capture that quality. Well, yeah. If See, that's the thing. Like you said, in Ustream, if you try to capture it, it's usually the capture is not good enough to yeah, even be true. redistributed. So if their stream is that good, maybe it, I don't know, maybe Brightcove doesn't have the, the tech to do it, but I would think that they would allow you to somehow capture it and then just kind of put it into a couple different formats. Anyway, well, that's nothing else. Do what I do and rubber band your uh, webcam to the top of your <laughs> HD video I, camera. I, I use blue tape and do the same thing. <laughs> Let me ask you this, uh, getting away from the tech talk. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say we need to get Sorry. away from that. That's all right. Uh, but one thing I want to ask you guys, you know, the, uh, the the videos that you mentioned here, Shannon, they're all from YouTube. I, I don't know about you guys, but I've been going to YouTube quite a bit, way more than I have ever in the past for a lot of just to look for these short little woodworking video things or to be inspired by little things. Um, right. it, you know, it's just I'm, I'm really amazed because, number one, I think the quality is just getting out so much better out there. And again, it's kind of pushing more towards the, the technical, like how to actually shoot these things. But I think it's getting to the point now where with the, the online here we go, online community thing. Uh, a lot of people are starting to share more of these things. I'm finding tons of little tricks now that are just, it's almost like, almost like I feel like you need like a special feed to be like, here is another great one. Let's shoot this out <laughs> to you and get some more exposure, like a whole filter. Yeah. You know, they almost need like a, a woodworking YouTube specific channel. I mean, is there something like that out there just right now? To kind of aggregate everything? Yeah. No, oh, I that's guess. One thing is, I mean, can't, can't, as a YouTube user, can't you like pull things together and make playlists in a way using other people's yeah. videos yeah i guess some, someone that. could do that but i don't think you would ever get any you know sort of recognition as being like the destination to go right nor would one you ever get anything done <laughs> that's very true <laughs> that's because there's so much there well that's the one thing is it's always like when i see some of these i always go to look to see like do, do they have a blog do they have a podcast or something because there's a lot of them that i'm like dude this would make some great content because there's so many you know we kind of talked about this you know before we went on i mean there's always the demand for content i mean everybody wants more content more content more content and it's like here's this tre treasure trove and it's like but the problem is I don't always have access to it, yeah. you know, and it's just, yeah. it'd be so much easier uh, bringing in like my, my iPad or my, my uh, iPhone into the shop to watch it versus dragging the computer in there because the cord is just not long enough to get me into the shop with it, <laughs> you know, to be able to watch some of that stuff. But yeah, for me, the, the YouTube, the YouTube, oh my God, oh my Betty White. <laughs> <laughs> I you mentioned the videos on the YouTube, um, but uh, I'm getting, I'm finding a lot of inspiration stuff on YouTube now for a lot of my woodworking, both just little snippets here and there and, you know, all that good stuff. Well, I think, you know, one thing that strikes me is how different the landscape is now versus maybe five or six years ago, you know, Matt, Matt and I, when we kind of first started this whole thing and what was available at the time versus what's there now, I imagine as a new woodworker, it, you could say, yes, it's the best time ever because there's just so much out there. But sometimes you get that whole just paralysis by analysis thing. Yes. There's almost too much out there to know like what is worth paying attention to. And just sorting through it must be incredibly intimidating. Um, yeah. a lot, I think at this point, a lot of it, you know, to, to people like us who've been been around it for a while, a lot of it can just be white noise and something really has to do something special to stand out. Right. Um, but if you're new, you don't necessarily even know how to filter any of that stuff. So it must be just, you must be just inundated with things yeah, to God watch. God forbid you go to YouTube to find out how to sharpen. 
<laughs> right. We, you know, and I think some of the, the, the videos that I, I've enjoyed the most aren't necessarily like kind of like what we do, what we're trying to do, like an instructional, you know, like we're going to have this, I'm going to show you how to do this. I'm going to walk you through the steps. A lot of times it's literally like something where somebody sets some music to it and it's like, watch yeah. me, you know, try this. I, I love those. There's just something for me now that's like really super, super entertaining about it. And it's I just, think that's why I like Duchette and Wolf so much because that's all it is. You know, yeah. it's just some guy working with music in the back background it's kind of cool nice cool all like right it. well what else do we have in the list here uh, let's right, see are here. they yours at this point matt did shannon get all uh, well, the, yeah the, i got all the, the wn woodwork oh school? yeah that's mine don't take that i was oh, saving okay. it for last i'm taking my hands off it right Jeez, now Jeez, matt come on last on the list then come on <laughs> yeah it's right in the middle what are you doing there <laughs> i don't know well you know me and my ron burgundy i'm about to read it anyways <laughs> he's like oh i put this here i had no idea <laughs> thank <laughs> you well let's do this okay so uh the last episode i believe it was when we did the uh, we mentioned the introduction of the highland woodworker uh they just put up some bonus footage just what was the name of that show again i think it was the highland woodworker are you I'm sure a woodworker Sorry. you're a highland woodworker <laughs> I'm not sure. Would you like to be a Highland Woodworker too? I just can't remember. (laughs) So I think it's the Highland Woodworker, and uh, they have some bonus footage of uh, Roy Underhill. So I haven't had a chance to check this out. I went to it uh, just before we started up, and uh, it looks pretty neat. Again, just the quality of the video is really stunning, and it it seems to be from the little snippet I saw, I guess uh, more – of a tour around Roy's home and the, the grounds that, you know, his, his house and his shop are located on. So uh, again, if you can't get enough of Roy or the Highland woodworker, go check that one out. Um, and let's see. I saw now, it. it was cool. Go see it. it. Was. Yeah, it's it good. I linked out to it today too. Yeah. That's it's I, again, the, the, the way that the quality of it just really pulls me in. I'm a sucker for quality. Yeah, All right. Mark's Mark's uh, tweet actually got to me before the email from the Highland Woodwork. Woodwork <laughs> so. I'm quick on the draw, guys. Quick on the draw. <laughs> um, all right. So two more things I have. And again, these actually came from, as I mentioned, like with, with YouTube. Uh, these are two videos I happen to see. Um, one is uh, from Garage Woodworks. In fact, actually, I saw this in my podcast. I misspoke there. Um, I am uh, a subscriber to garagewoodworks.com. And it's the... Uh, here we go. This is going to slaughter it. The Bernelli Bernoulli. 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 Bernoulli shell clamp. <laughs> and this is really neat because uh, it's a homemade shop or homemade shop. Oh, my gosh. What's going on here? <laughs> Work it out, man. Work it out. Oh, you need so a anyways, minute? <laughs> <laughs> it's a shop made clamping system. And it's really neat because it, it, you put the piece. He made, he made two of them, one on the left, one on the right. And then he just puts a piece of wood in the middle of it and it actually locks on itself. So it's almost like a self-locking clamp and it, it worked really fantastic. I, I definitely suggest you go and check it out. He has a whole bunch of other great videos too, but that one really, I thought was pretty damn neat because it was so inexpensive to make and it looks kind of pretty too. Yeah, it looks pretty um, cool. And then the other one is The Apprentice and the Journeyman, also another podcast, but I found most of the videos over at YouTube and he made what he's referring to as the poor boy parallel clamps. And the neat thing about both sets of these clamps are the fact that they're made from scrap material that they have just laying around the shop. So uh, that that's awesome. And the fact that they work, in fact, uh, for The Apprentice and the Journeyman, he ended up gluing two pieces, two uh, wider boards and glued them together using just the poor boy parallel clamps. And I mean, it was, it was pretty neat. It was just literally just scrap wood. So it was cool. neat. It was Very neat. Cool. Check it out. Literally, literally scrap wood. Literally strap, yes. Oh, I'm turning off the mic. Goodbye, everybody. <laughs> We're going to give Matt's uh, mouth a break there for a minute. Uh, so my one link, fantastic link that I have, my one offering. <laughs> I'm not pulling my weight here. Uh, William Eng Woodworks, his uh, woodworking school. I've talked about it a number of times. Fantastic school in Anaheim, California. If you have a chance to go there, do so. And if you go After to his Disneyland. website, yes, it's right by Disneyland, too. Um, I'm, I'm actually teaching there early summer. So, um, if you what, want to Disneyland, yes, Disneyland, I'll be teaching you, uh, how to, uh, what are some of the rides, how to ride space mountain without throwing up. Do they make you wear a costume? Oh, I already look pretty goofy to begin with. So I've got that covered. Um, you're the guy that plays the accordion while the lady and the tramp eat their meatballs. Right? <laughs> yes, <laughs> exactly. How'd you know? Sorry. That was the only Italian guy I could think of. No, that's all right. That's close enough. Um, so William Ng has a website, and not only does he have his classes there, but he has a bunch of videos. So if you go to wnwoodworkingschool.com, 
and you will see the menu at the top. Just click on videos or you can go to wnwoodworkingschool.com slash videos. He actually is getting uh, really into the whole video thing. And what I remember when I met him for the first time, we actually had a conversation about video and, and what kind of strategy you might employ as a school to to bring that into the fold. And one thing I always thought would be really cool is if you have a school and, you know, you're not necessarily teaching every single class, but you, you're there all the time, you have the perfect, like, hotbed for awesome woodworking information where you could just record just thousands of little clips, you know, have the guest instructor do a little segment for you that you could put on the website. It helps promote the school. It teaches people stuff online and just generates a whole lot of interest. And it looks like that's exactly what he's doing now. So if you go there, he's Holy got crap. He's got a lot here. Good stuff too. Like wow. uh, a whole cross cut sled video. Um, just a few of the titles here. I'll read off fixing a not right, so you perfect. You guys finish the show. I'm going to, <laughs> yeah. I was watching oh, this before. I have to talk again. Oh, we're screwed now. <laughs> I got caught up in the, uh, his, his method for, which I knew from taking his class, uh, but it's cool to see him put this out there to the public. A really fast way to make ebony plugs. Um, he's got highlights from the different classes, which is great if you want to see what you're getting into. I mean, classes aren't cheap. We've talked about that before. It's great to see some actual footage of what you might be getting into. Um, so definitely check that out. It's at wnwoodworkingschool.com. Click on videos. And then also take a look at some of the classes that he has to offer there because, I frankly, I think it's one of the best schools in the in the country. Um, especially for that type of the type of furniture that tend to focus on is modern designs and Asian influence work, lots of green and green. Um, great stuff there. Sweet. That is nice to see somebody like coming along that way with a school like that to to do such a thing. Because you're right. It's, it, it's a missed opportunity, you know, to, to not take advantage of totally. the, the time you had there or, you know, just these little things. Because think about it. it it's well, maybe where's he located? Is it like a, uh, is there a lot of pedestrian traffic? Could you just open the door and be like, Hey, come on in. I'm going to show you how to do this. <laughs> it's in an industrial park. Um, okay, so there's so maybe not the occasional car goes by, but that's about it. <laughs> it is actually, when you go there, it's a very not picturesque location. It's very unattractive, but inside it's great. It's a little, Dis- you- it's like a little Disneyland inside for woodworkers. I was going to say, is that how he keeps the, uh, the the class members in there? It's like, there's nothing to look at outside. Don't Just go outside. There's nothing to your bench. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. I mean, the whole thing is in an industrial park and a great facility, but there's just uh, within that, you know, two-mile range, there's just nothing but buildings. So Very cool. Yeah. Very, very cool. Good stuff. All right, so this last section here, um, I didn't put this there, so I'll let, I guess Shannon probably put that there. So, Shannon, you want to take the rest of the show? I'll sit back and enjoy. I'm busy watching videos. <laughs> st- they'll be there when we're done. They'll be there when we're done. What are you doing? You do that at work. You don't do it on your personal time. <laughs> you're right. You're right. You're not being paid well, for this. You know, we, um, granted, it's probably due to the fact that we have not been exactly consistent in our show production here. What? So we don't get too many emails anymore. This or when a- we do, we think, well, I don't know when we're going to do another show. So I better answer this question. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I figured since we probably don't have any questions this time, I'm going to ask one. You know, while I've got you both here, I um, oh boy, you know, we all know I'm I'm the hand tool guy, but I do use a power tool every now and then, and uh, especially I've got some kind of around the house stuff coming up pretty quickly, and I'm gonna add a wall in my shop and all that, and my cordless drills died like six months ago. I just had like the Ryobi Home Depot deal, and you know, frankly, they lasted like four years. So what more can you expect from mm-hmm. a you know, $30 drill battery and charger. Yeah, that's not bad. And, you know, lately I, I, there's very few tools that I actually need anymore. My shop is very well outfitted. In fact, I've been getting rid of them. So my, my philosophy is kind of, as I go and get something new, I I really want to get, you know, top of the line. There's no reason to, you know, go and get second best at this point when all you're doing is buying one tool a year or whatever. So I've been looking at, um, cordless drills. And of course, when I think, especially hand power tools, when I think top of the line, I immediately jump to Festool. And, you know, it's a drill. What is so special really about Festool drills? And Mark, I know you've got, you know, a couple of them. Is there anything that groundbreaking? I mean, the rest of their tools are all very groundbreaking, you know, ergonomically, functionally, everything. What is it about Festool yeah. drools, dro- drools that makes us drool? <laughs> uh, pri- primarily black. That's what it is. It's the green and black. Yeah, my, I was, my answer was going to be along the same lines. I just feel like I look cooler when I'm holding it, <laughs> generally. 
Um, Back to that sexy woodworker keyword again. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, there, there are some key, like if you really get down to the, the nitty gritty of the build quality and the things that go into putting one of these drills together, it's just going to last forever. And, yeah. you know, as someone who's had a drill who, who died recently, you, you know, that's just annoying to have to buy a tool twice. Um, yeah. So it is one of those things where it's just so well built that it will probably last you for your woodworking career. You might need to buy a new battery or something like that. But um, ultimately, it's ultimately it's just build quality. Now, the other thing is a lot of their drills have um, this, and I certainly don't remember all my festival terminology, so forgive me for any right. of you festival freaks out there. But um, the, the attachment system, the way you actually put different things on there, uh, they have a bunch of different attachments that just snap on and off so easily. Um, the system really works really well together. But ultimately, when it comes down to it, if you buy a good quality DeWalt, uh, Milwaukee, you know, uh, some of the brands that we might be familiar with um, just from Home Depot and Lowe's, you could still get a good quality drill that will last you a really long time and not pay nearly as much. Is it as is it as well built as the Festool is? Does it have the the ultimately the system type feature that Festool offers? No. Um, but for some people, that's not that important of a thing. So, that, I mean, I actually answered this question in the guild meeting last night when we were talking about which Festool tools really give you the most bang for your buck. And this is going to be very personal for different people. But for me, personally, I don't think the drill is one of those places. I think the uh, TS-55, the the plunge cut saw uh, right. with a track, is a game changer. Um, I think the Domino is a game changer. I think their drill is a Cadillac of drills. But in the world of drills, all I need is something that's going to spin in a circle and drive a screw or help right. me drill. So, so I don't think it is going to be that tool that gives you the big bang for the buck at, at like some of their other tools do. That's nice to hear you say that. Cause that's been kind of my initial thought. I mean, especially me, I don't use it that much, right? you know? Um, and if I'm going to buy it from a around the house usage purpose, you know, it's probably going to get even less use than, you know, my traditional woodworking tools. So does it make sense to drop a cool mint on the right, festival drill? Right. I mean, if you, if you had a chance to pick one up, uh, there are T like the T15, T12, the, the standard looking, they kind of look like other drills in the market. Um, those, they feel good. They're well balanced, but for me personally, the, the C line, their um, C15 and C12, the one with the, it looks like it has the, the guard in front of your hand is so well balanced. It's just, it's, it's like holding, it's like holding a stick of butter. Like, I like sticks of butter. <laughs> um, I mean, it, it just feels, you, you know you're holding something that a lot more time was spent on simple things like, you know, just the general aesthetics of it, the feel of it, and, and engineering something that actually feels like you could hold it for hours. But again, going back to the practicality issue, are you really holding it for hours? Right. You know, so so how much of an impact does that really make? I know in the past someone was comparing uh, the Erlex HVLP system to the Fuji, and we were talking about the differences between the guns. Well, yeah, the Erlex handle is not, you know, quite as comfortable. But how long am I holding that for? You know, so do I need something that feels quite as comfortable as the Fuji? Is it worth spending that extra money for? Well, for some people it will be. If you're spraying all day long, sure. Uh, but if you're really only spraying one project every couple of weekends, I don't know that the handle is really going to impact your your usage at all. So, right. so that's how I see the drills. But if you have cool. the money, you know, and you, and you want something that's pretty much going to last forever, comes with a great warranty, then it might be something to look into. That's what I wanted to hear. Appreciate that. There you go. Great. Um, what else we got here? I don't know. How much time we got? Oh, let me see the recording. We're at 45 minutes, so we got a few more minutes. Do you want to go into that general topic I threw in there? Yeah, let's do that. And this is more more of a question from me to you guys. And I'm working on just a quick article about this for the blog because it's just something that struck me the other day. I'll give you the background to it. I was going into the shop, and and I've realized that my dust collection system needs some reworking, specifically the ductwork. The way I installed it was I just needed to get the shop up and running. So I put the dust collector, the cyclone in the most convenient location. Problem was I needed it back further. I needed more time to develop the path of of the ductwork so that I don't have to take turns around the perimeter. Instead, I would be able to just run one straight line and have branches off of that line. Right. Well, now I'm paying the price for it because after, I don't know how long have I been in this shop, like a year or so, it's starting to get clogs. And I'm trying to alleviate them. So as I go into the shop the other day and I'm trying to unclog the stupid ductwork that's like 12 feet in the air, it struck me that it's like 
I am no HVLP expert, not HVLP, um, HVAC expert. I, I certainly am not an expert in airflow and dust collection. And, and here I am trying to do this myself and develop the, the perfect dust collection system to make it as good as it can be. And I'm sucking at it. And, <laughs> and it started to make me realize how many different hats we wear as woodworkers and trying just by nature, we're the type of people who want to do things ourselves. So we kind of try everything until we're, you know, proven 10 times over that we suck at it. Then we finally get someone who knows what they're doing in to do it right. So I was thinking about all the different things that as woodworkers, we try to take on just by virtue of owning a wood shop. Hmm, okay. So, so I'm curious and, and I've got a few specifics here. One in particular, and, and what, I'm, what I'm really curious about is at what point you guys decide, you know what, this is something I should really get a professional in for uh, <laughs> because I, I'm not going to be able to accomplish this. So, for instance, electricity. Yes. You know, you yeah. need to run a 220 line. You know a little bit. Maybe you've rewired a couple of outlets in, in your house. You know a little bit about hooking up a 110 outlet or the light switch or you've hung a ceiling fan or something like that. <laughs> uh, but are you prepared to crack open the, the box and run some conduit and actually install electrical work? Because that is one of the most expensive things, you know, that you're going to pay per hour basis to have done in your shop. Uh, I, I'm not. In fact, actually, that was last summer I had a 220 line put in, and I did look at that. I looked at everything. Hey, we'll go back to YouTube. I, went, I looked at YouTube videos. I, I did a whole bunch of research online, and I decided even after reading all this stuff and, and convincing myself I could do these things because of the little bit of experience I have in, the, in my background, no, I, I, I wouldn't do it. I decided that was important enough that I felt I needed to bring in an expert to have yeah. them take care of it. How about yeah. you, Shannon? Because you, I know you did a little bit of work in your shop. What? Not, yeah, not I, I, I agree. I've, I've done some of it myself, and then I've, you know, called out to a professional. And I think the, the it's not a matter of <clears throat> not knowing how to do it. I mean, I may not know how to do it, but I can figure it out. Like Matt right. just said, go to YouTube. You know, yeah, you can learn how to do it. But there's, there's code. You know, making sure you're to code because that's always something I need to worry about. There's also an edict from my wife saying you're not allowed to do electrical work. Don't burn the house down, please. <laughs> Which is probably a good thing. Yeah. Um, but what I found is the kind of the specialized tools that come with these things. You know, I have one of the, you know, those pliers with the wire stripper and everything built into it. I think everybody who owns a home probably has a set of those. Sure. But um, I installed – well, I didn't install. I needed new light fixtures added. And it's like, okay – I'm going to have to drill a hole in the ceiling. I'm going to have to run wire, you know, through. I'm going to have to hook the whole thing up. And it's like, you know, I don't have one of those hole saws. They've got special things to pull the wire through and everything. And it's all the little specialized tools that go into these things, you know, electricity, plumbing, you name it. And am I going to go out and and get those tools just for this one project, right? You know, I could probably rationalize that I could probably use it again because I need to install a light upstairs or something like that. But generally, the electro the electrical work I do is like swapping out stuff, right? You know, right. Taking down an existing fixture and putting up a prettier one. Yeah, wire you know? for wire, it's all matched up. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. You know, the, maybe I'll move. Like in my shop, I've moved the actual boxes before, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but you know, they're not they're surface mounted. <laughs> to the wall. So that's a matter of unscrewing the box from the wall and moving it and screwing it back into a stud, you know, sure, that's it. Sure. So yeah, it's just, I don't know, uh, more and more lately, I, I tend to farm some of that stuff out just because I, my tool set is so hyper-focused on woodworking at this point. Well, and it's actually a really good peace of mind. You know, if you can afford to have someone come <laughs> yeah. out and do it, you can sleep better at night knowing that it was done properly. Because I don't, I don't know about you guys, even when I look at YouTube videos and I start to do a little research here and there, um, you know, what size, I don't know, just stupid details, like how big the conduit can be, how many wires can go in the conduit, how big does the ground need to be, uh, th things like that. If you start searching for that, it's as bad as asking, you know, six inch or eight inch jointer or how do you like saw stop or, you know, right. yeah, one of these true. things that we just hear people constantly bickering about. And there's so much mixed information out there that I don't know who to believe. And right. when it comes to something that could potentially burn down a home, I, I, I just don't want to take any chances with that. So I kind of, you know, lately I do the same thing. I hire a, a pro to come out and do it. 
Yeah, I agree with like what you were saying, Shannon. If it's if it's an existing box or something like that, and it's just a matter of moving it to maybe a location that's just a little bit more convenient or something like that, I I will I feel comfortable enough that you know I, I'll accomplish it. You know, I'll go ahead and follow through on it. But to actually lay out a whole new system, you know, a whole new line someplace, uh, yeah. I'm just not I'm not up for it anymore. That that's a younger man's game. <laughs> it's a younger man's game. <laughs> nice. Yeah, that's that's it too. I think as I get older, I'm just like, screw it. I don't want to do that. I'm going to get yes. someone else to do it. Okay. Some of the other things that I had in here, um, well, of course, there's all the woodworking specific things. You know, you need to be a joiner, a, a traditional joiner. You need to understand joinery and know how to, you know, make it and actually incorporate it into your projects. That's kind of a given as a woodworker. Mm-hmm. Um, but then if you get more into the power tools, you sort of need to have a little bit of a machinist edge uh, yeah. in you in terms of setting up. And it doesn't take long researching tool setup before you start finding things like measure to the nearest thousandth. <laughs> you know, right. pull pull out your feeler gauge and your dial indicator and, and all these things. So you start to go, well, geez, now I've got to go into this little subset of, of, uh, you know, this little niche of machine setup just so that I could do this woodworking properly. Um, I've got another one here. How about being a safety officer? You know, so everything that you do in your shop, you are the safety officer and you're responsible for making sure that everything is done safely. And, and you're expected to know what is unsafe in terms of the wood you're using uh, finishes that you're using, the the way that you're operating a particular tool, that's that's right. a lot of responsibility, just that alone. God help us. Yeah, no kidding. Um, how about finishing? How, how many professional builders send out their projects to be finished by a professional finisher? Right. Yeah. I just it, set them in the corner of the basement for two years. Yeah, just wait for them to, you know, somehow miraculously find finish spilled upon them. Yeah, the wait, project wait, needs now, to I... speak to me before I can finish uh, It is not ready. See, my idea of finishing is the fact that I'm just done. It's completed. It's over with. I'm, you know, none of this putting stuff on top of it. I mean, trees don't have finish on them. Yeah. Why did my furniture need to? Yeah, is it, it, yeah, that's funny. You put bark on them? Never mind. Uh, and then I mentioned the oh. wah, wah, <laughs> the uh, HVAC specialist. That's a big thing. I mean, anybody I know that's gotten into the whole dust collection game you know, starts looking, they find Bill Pence's website, they find some resources, you know, like uh, sites like Oneida that might have some information there. Um, You really get into it and then you just realize how in over your head you probably are. Um, And if you don't design it right, I'm a great example. You know, you rush it, you just get things done and say, okay, every machine's connected. That's good enough. No, it's not good enough because as soon (laughs) as you start to sacrifice airflow, you may as well not be doing any collection in the first place if the dust is still getting out. You know, right. so so I guess, yeah, something is better than nothing. But if it's going to lead to clogged lines, then you really got to reevaluate it. Right. But, dude, you could spend years studying. I mean, people do. It's called HVAC. And, and they, their their job is to design airflow for a home so that obviously it's going in the other direction, um, blowing air out. But it's kind of that same thing. You need to be able to design the system so you have the right amount of air movement at each particular tool. And each tool needs a different amount of air movement. Right. <laughs> so, so think about we're supposed to be able to do this and it's almost just expected that we know how to do all of these different things to make our shop work well yeah. you know, i'm, I'm kind of curious like with a with a professional shop we're talking like a, a, a really good size one here they're they're putting out a lot of furniture whatever it is that they're building obviously they do have the people in place that are supposed to be in charge of this you know like the safety officer the finish officer whatever you, however you want to refer to them but it always seems like you always hear about them upgrading things and that always seems to be an ongoing thing with us too so i don't even know if you could really even if you had one person specialized if you could somehow segment yourself and be these individual people and you know uh you know mark number one you are in charge of hvac (laughs) mark number two you're in charge of safety mark number three all that type of thing i still don't think you would ever really be able to put together, you know, all these things at once kind of a, you know what I mean? I mean, I don't yeah. think you could ever learn enough about it. And, it just yeah. seems like it's a lifetime journey type thing, you know? I mean, maybe by the time we're all old and wrinkly and, you know, 90 years old, maybe we can go, you know, I think I finally got it. Yeah. And, and then, and then our, our <laughs> I put it all together. Our great kids I just forgot it. 
Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, what was I talking about? <laughs> exactly. yeah, our grandkids come along and go, oh, my God, I'm, I can't believe this place didn't fall to the ground. Look what they did here. Yeah. You know, it, it definitely is. It's but then at the same time, you have the exact opposite where, well, it's not exact opposite. It's kind of falling along the lines of this where you look at it so much. You have that paralysis by analysis. And how, how many people, how many times have both of you ever received an email where you have somebody who, you know, keeps talking about getting themselves started and they have tons of a, this equipment that you're like, I'd kill to have that. I know pros that would kill to have this, but yet they won't take that first step because, well, they read someplace else that, you know, there's, they have a T when they should have a Y, uh, you know, up in their, their duct work or, you know, it's not wired this way. It's just, yeah, it's, it's a well, living, breathing, complex entity. Well, the, the shop itself for a lot of people is the hobby, you know, and, yeah. and I think it's, there's, that, that goes for any hobby, right? I mean, if you sure. look, I know when I was really into home theater, there were people in the the home theater forum that I was in. Um, it was the AVS forum. They have a section for building a home theater, and there were people who would would readily admit that they never want their home theater project to end because <laughs> because that's almost the hobby. Like the minute they finally sit down and watch a movie in there, their project is done, and they sort of mourn the loss of, of this this thing that they've been working on. So my my brother, I'm sorry, <laughs> my brother yeah, did this. And uh, he has just, well, I should say he had, because he just sold his house. What a crime that is. <laughs> um, he has like the ultimate, like pimped out home theater. I mean, Steven Spielberg probably is envious nice. of this home theater. And of course, he's just like the guy you're talking about. He just sold his house. So now he gets to start all over again. Right. But <laughs> he finished his home theater and, and I was like, all right, well, let's watch a movie. He's like, well, I have Armageddon. And no, that's all I have. You're freaking kidding me. That's you my demo disc. DVD. I just have a demo he has disc. One DVD. Nice. That's all he has. And he has like this 80 inch TV. He like put in, he recessed, he used like those light cords. Like if you see at Christmas time or whatever, those light rope things, mm -hmm. he like recessed it behind the crown molding. So it provides ambient theater lighting. Oh He's got God. it like hooked into like, um, it's a sensory experience where like the couch vibrates when things explode. Oh, he's got like, <laughs> they call the, what are those butt kickers? <laughs> yes. He has a popcorn machine at the back of the room. Oh yeah. You know, not like the little, you know, Jiffy pop air popper. It's like the little cart on wheels thing. Nice. <laughs> That's exactly has, what I, this, he sounds like the exact guy I'm talking about. <laughs> oh, and it's, it's awesome. I mean, it's the coolest room ever. And you know, he's a, he's a, a, engineer himself so of course he got into the the physics and the acoustical dampening i mean you can turn a movie up forever to, to turn it up to 11 man and you can't hear it when you leave the room it's just crazy nice oh but, that's yeah cool. you can watch armageddon there awesome you know, and that's that and i think a lot of people can tend to do that with their shops you know getting the perfect yeah. tools yeah. um Guilty. like i remember oh what was it there was one dude and I hopefully he doesn't listen. I don't want to kind of make fun of him a little bit. But um, I remember taking a class when I had first met David Marks and he came in and showed David how he had tuned his Performax drum sander so perfectly that he basically sanded down a paper thin piece of wood and literally paper thin. <laughs> I don't know how many how many thousandths, but it's it was, you know, very, very thin. And on a drum sander like that, that is not easy to do. I mean, it doesn't take much before that thing would just get sucked up. Um, but he pulls it out and he's like, yeah, check this out. And this thing was his pride and joy. Now, granted retired engineer, you know, he takes pride yeah. in making sure his machines are, are tuned up. And, and then we asked him, so what have you made so far? What projects have you done? And he's like, well, I just, uh, I just finished a, um, a set of melamine cabinets. Nice. You know, so it's like, not that there's anything wrong with that, but clearly here's one of those people who really, you know, that's half of the game for him is making right. sure that everything is perfect, absolutely perfectly tuned, uh, which like is the, cool. The, yeah. the energy and the whole thing is like, it, it needs to be redirected. All right. Now <laughs> right. we need to take it from here. You know what? Here's a better idea. Rather than redirecting it, let's distribute it. Right. <laughs> well, and ultimately, hey, it's, it's their hobby. It's how they want to spend their time. If they just go in there and, you know, wipe their tools with a, a rag and then leave and that's what they they think is fun to do then that's you know they're more than welcome to do it yeah that, i call that tuesday and, he just wipes it with the diaper that's right i, I call that tuesday and wednesday night <laughs> that's how matt <laughs> spends his time that's awesome oh, do you still dear. have that guy can you get in touch with him because i need some stationery <laughs> that's what he was doing he was making old school paper 
I would like some spalted stationery, please. Uh, he could probably do it too. All right. Well, I think that's really going to wrap it up for us. Um, I don't want to call this news because we say this type of thing all the time about our schedule, but I think we're going to start being more consistent. How many times have I said that, guys? Yeah. Um, yeah I'm at this point, you even said that. Yeah. I yeah, should. I really kind of rolled their eyes. I really shouldn't, but I'm just. I needed something else to say. Uh, we actually are going to uh, start putting things on the calendar and we're going to commit to an every other week schedule. And the the key and what makes this a little bit different is even if only two of us can make it, we're still going to do the show. And I think right. in the past when we would try to commit to a schedule, if the three of us couldn't make it, we just say, well, we'll cancel and then we would get off schedule. So right. uh, we may have a couple of, uh, you know, two hosted, two people hosting the show, which is, you know, still just as good, just, you know. I guess it depends on who's who's missing. Maybe it'll be a, a good thing. Um, <laughs> you never know. Wait a <laughs> I, I'm not naming names. I'm just saying I might be one of them. Uh, well, but, you know, actually, one of our top-rated shows was when Mark. Oh wait, no, that's not right. No, that's it was it was missing. it was when I think it was when uh, Nicole was pregnant and you guys did the um, the father's show, the advice, right. the, the parenting advice show. Well, all we all I ask is that nobody calls in with requests for you know making sure that certain hosts are unavailable. <laughs> Can you do this when Matt's not here, please? Um, exactly. Yeah, so we're gonna shoot for Thursdays. Uh, what would it be? Six p.m. Eastern time right. uh, for our live recording, and we apologize ahead of time for those on the West Coast who can't make it. But this is the time that works the best for us for now. So, um, and always look at it as a, look at it as now you have something to look forward to. Yeah. Exactly. Yay. So every other week, uh, so you could expect another one. We'll throw it on the calendar, and and hopefully we won't be lying when it's all said and done. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. All right. So thanks for listening, everybody, and thanks to the chat room for hanging out with us. And we'll we'll catch you in a couple weeks. Sweet. Bye. See ya. Beautiful. This podcast is part of the Frog Pants Studios Network. For more information about this and other shows, visit frogpants.com. Audio program so good, it's like you're there. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.